Hey everybody, today we are going to be discussing a topic that I believe is imperative as a prerequisite for understanding cryptocurrencies, which is also a topic that I will be covering in the near future in a manner that is geared toward the neophyte, the layman. I'm going to be explaining Bitcoin and blockchain technology in a very simplified capacity such that Someone who has absolutely no working foreknowledge of finance or emergent technologies will be able to understand. I often like to educate because these are radical, disruptive, and exciting technologies that are taking on an ever-increasing role in many aspects of our daily lives. It's more important than ever for those knowledgeable about blockchain and cryptocurrencies to offer a sort of ground floor understanding to everyday folks, because one of the key tenets of this technology and its community is that of adoption, of seeing real-life use cases come to fruition that can improve our lives and the lives of those around us. I'll also be exploring the myriad existing and possible use cases of blockchain and cryptocurrency technologies in a future program. That said, I think a great starting point for understanding cryptocurrencies is to backtrack a bit to an often misunderstood technology that has existed for thousands and thousands of years. That technology is called money. One of the most common misconceptions about cryptocurrencies when we're discussing their use cases as money, is that they do not hold intrinsic value. This assumption is typically coupled with the comparative assumption that fiat currencies such as the US dollar, on the contrary, do hold intrinsic value. Both of these assumptions are patently false. Cryptocurrencies do hold intrinsic value in that these technologies often have multiple use cases and represent entire technological systems that are forward-thinking and revolutionary and invaluable. Similar and contrary to common belief, the US dollar does not hold intrinsic value. This common belief is founded on this notion of the gold standard, that the US dollar is backed by gold. It may surprise you to learn that the, in the United States, the gold standard has not existed for nearly 60 years. The US dollar is instead backed by a promise from the United States Federal Reserve and a perceived valuation of the U.S. dollar that is leveraged against an ever-fluctuating market of supply and demand. Though there is some perceived and volatile inherent value, there is no truly intrinsic value of the United States fiat currency, the U.S. dollar. So I hope that that is an illuminating fact for those who have been operating under the erroneous assumption that the U.S. dollar is backed by and accords to the gold standard. But let's have a discussion about money. When asking oneself or a colleague, what is money? You will often find that most everyone is stumped. Even current finance curricula often don't entail learning what money is. Many students of finance understand very well the use cases of fiat currency, and yet do not understand the idea of money in and of itself. That is to say, this isn't a question that we really ponder, rather like not wondering how TV works when we watch TV every day, or not understanding how the internet functions when we use it all the time. We simply accept the idea. 
This brings us to why understanding cryptocurrencies can seem so daunting. In order to better understand cryptocurrency, we first need to understand the idea of money. And one of the simplest and most concise means of understanding money is by reviewing its history. Money is a fascinating concept. It is immeasurably abstract, and we often don't understand that, like language, it is a technology. Let's take a look at the history of money and currency as a system of expressing value. One of the first questions we encounter in learning the history of money is, how old is money? Is it hundreds of years old, or thousands, or tens of thousands of years old? The answer is, truthfully, we don't know. We don't know how old money is because we haven't found a civilization so old that it didn't have money. In fact, money is older than writing itself. When archaeologists look at writing, uh, specifically the most ancient forms thereof, like cuneiform and hieroglyphics, these writings are documents of ledgers of money. So that is to say that money is older than writing itself. The composition of money is such a visceral instinct, it appears, that even Primates have been taught to use money. In Bitcoin Advocate and author Andreas Antonopoulos's book, The Internet of Money, Andreas expounds on this concept, stating, There have been several studies where chimpanzees are taught how to use money. Then, they are taught that a specific type of stone can be exchanged for bananas. There have been several studies where chimpanzees are taught how to use money. They are taught that a specific type of stone can be exchanged for bananas. Researchers then watch the monkeys to see what they will do with this new information. They very quickly invent armed robbery. They figure out that if you beat up the other monkey and take its stones, you can go exchange them for bananas. Surprisingly, the second thing they invent is prostitution. They figure out that sexual favors can be exchanged for stones, which can then be used for bananas. What does that tell you about the nature of money? Andreas follows this anecdote by asserting that money is a system of communication, a premise with which I unequivocally agree. Money is not value, but an abstraction of value, a means of communicating value. The earliest forms of transaction, insofar as we know, are objects that held intrinsic value. Livestock, usable resources, food. I will trade you my cow for your three goats. Bartering is one of the earliest forms of communicating value. Then, we have money, which for the purpose of this discussion, I will define as a system of abstract value, or moreover, a system for communicating value. That is, money is not intrinsically valuable, you cannot eat it, or directly use it to assuage your basic needs as an animal. The earliest forms of money was trinkets, objects that beheld no intrinsic value but were nevertheless desirable. Shells, beads, aesthetically pleasing things. This was the first major technological leap in the history of money. These currencies were abstract expressions of value. They referred to value. Next, we see the emergence of precious metals, one of the most popular forms of this abstraction. These precious metals comprise the most important characteristics of money. Scarcity, easily transportable, 
easily divided, and ubiquitously coveted. We start to see the emergence of precious metals as a system of money around the beginning of agrarian civilization. This development, using precious metals instead of shells, beads, and the like, took hundreds of thousands of years. Not just to develop the idea, but for it to see widespread adoption. Next, we see nothing for thousands of years, until someone comes up with this very interesting idea. I can give my precious metals to someone trustworthy, and then they can give me a piece of paper attesting that I have these precious metals in that trustworthy person's trustworthy vault. Then I can trade this paper as a currency instead of my precious metals. This sure sounds familiar. That's because this is the beginning of banking. And guess what? People hated it. It terrified them. It was absurd and aberration. How could a piece of paper be worth anything? Trading paper instead of gold? This idea was met with perhaps the greatest skepticism in human civilization up to this point in history. Feudal leaders and monarchs, i.e. governments, also hated this idea called banking. Something rather difficult to imagine, given the United States government's relationship to big banking today. The concept of banking allowed for the poor to ensure the safety of what commodities they had. Furthermore, banking institutionalized lending and afforded common working people the opportunity to start small businesses and ventures. In this light, we need to understand the idea of banking as an instrument of the people. In fact, in many third world countries today, people don't have access to banking, and cryptocurrencies are changing that. But back to this new paper currency. It took nearly 400 years for paper money to become widely accepted, to see mass adoption. 400 years. The way people reacted to this new form of money is very much akin to the way in which many governments, big banking, and the media have responded to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Now, in the latter half of the 20th century, something fascinating happened. A little company called Diners Club devised a radical new idea. The credit card. Only now, people really liked the good old-fashioned paper money that they had been accustomed to for thousands of years. And it took a while for the credit card to enjoy mass adoption. At this point, however, you may notice that the amount of time it took for each of these successive major technological advancements in money to take place is shorter and shorter. Tens of thousands of years. Thousands of years. Four hundred years. Twenty or thirty years. Let's look at this using Moore's Law. There is an interesting concept widely implemented in technological discourse called Moore's Law. Moore's Law was an observation made by the Intel co-founder Gordon Moore as he watched the number of transistors on a chip double each year while costs halved. He furthermore noticed that the number of transistors per square inch on integrated circuits had doubled each year since their conception. Thus, Moore concluded that this trend would continue. What the heck does this have to do with money? Well, Moore's law is now seen as a sort of de facto assessment of the rate of technological development, 
technology is developed and implemented at an exponential rate. In the last 100 years, we have seen more technological advancement than in the preceding 1,000. Similar, the technological advancements of money seem to find adoption at an exponential rate. Again, tens of thousands of years, thousands of years, 400 years, 20 or 30 years. So this all begets the question, what is the next progression in the history of money? You've probably guessed, and correctly so, that I'm going to say cryptocurrencies. Now that we have a working understanding and knowledge of what money is, a system of expressing value, we can move forward into this next progression of money and learn about cryptocurrencies. This is a topic that I'll be discussing in our next podcast. I'd like to give special thanks and acknowledgement to Andreas Antonopoulos' book, The Internet of Money. This book is a collection of his public talks on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency from a more contextual perspective, thus a very good entry point for beginning learners, and pretty much anybody. I highly recommend this book. Also, if you're a computer scientist and you're interested in learning about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology from a more technical perspective, I highly recommend Andreas Antonopoulos' other book, Mastering Bitcoin, as well as Blockchain Basics by Daniel Drescher. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for my upcoming episode, Cryptocurrency and Blockchain Explained, where I will be using a very simple analogy to help you understand these technologies in layman's terms. No technical or finance background necessary.